Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Wednesday Night Wars podcast right here on Fightful, Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com. I'm Mr. Warren Hayes, sitting in for Sean Ross Sapp, who is, uh, well, who's having a night off, and why wouldn't he? It's Thanksgiving in the United States, and uh, I, myself, being one of these heathen Canadians, I don't care about these holidays, so, we in- so then you call your foreigners... To come in and fill uh, fill the shoes and take over the reins this evening, right here on Fightful uh, on on YouTube.com/slash Fightful. We're back here. Uh, not not only did we did did the the whole thing with YouTube get settled, but we're back absolutely 100 percent streaming here, and it's good to be here. And it's also good to be here thanks to Fightful Select which always looks out for us. And it is always, even though we do appreciate you coming over here and watching the videos and listening to us and sharing them out and liking them and leaving comments and letting us what you know about AEW and NXT, the, one of the best ways to support Fightful is to head on over to Fightful Select and you get a plethora of content on top of what you get here on uh, on the main uh, YouTube channel. You have... You have Sour Graps, which is Alex Pulowski's weekly show twice a week. You get the Weekender Report with Steven Jensen. You get uh, uh, Sean, Sean Ross Sapp, who does all sorts of extra reports, uh, sneak peeks at news, previews, the whole nine yards. There's so much great stuff. You have to go check it out. It's fantastic. Fightful Select, it is the best way to support us. Another way that you can support us as well is by leaving us Super Chats right here. As we're doing this live, 
you leave us a super chat and I will read your comment, question, statement here live. And speaking of live, we've got some very live gentlemen here this evening. One of them being Jeremy Lambert, Lambert, who is the cornerstone of the news cycle here on Fightful. Jeremy, how you doing? I am doing well. Glad to be here trying to replace Sean Ross Sapp. I don't know if that's possible, but I'm here and I'm going to try. I don't do blue true reads, so I apologize in advance for anybody expecting those. You won't get them from me. Warren, how about you got a blue true read in you? Uh, hey, listen, we're saving these surprises as we go along. You know, there's some people who come <laughs> just for those. I'm hanging on to this. It's I'm keeping I'm keeping that one close to the chest. And then we have Alex Malowski. <laughs> who's here and who is very he has fashionable attire for the evening well uh let it not be said that i'm ever unthankful but uh it is it is uh it is thanksgiving eve um i'm only sad that uh sean ross Sapp isn't here for me to embarrass him by wearing a turkey on my head so uh gobble gobble everyone happy turkey day yeah. Gobble, gobble, indeed. I'm sure he'll mm. peek in at some point and he'll slowly put his ha his head into his hands and mutter a, <laughs> God damn it. I'm sure the effect will be there. We'll just, we just won't get to see it live. And, and, yeah. that'll, and, that, and that'll be it. We've already got some super chats coming in, gentlemen. If this, there we go. Okay, I'm having just, this, it's okay. Everything's under control. We have Charles uh, Harskins who asks, uh, could Ray, Knox, Storm, and Niven be considered as the NXT UK's four horsewomen? Uh, we're talking, of course, about Kaylee Ray, Tegan Knox, Tony Storm, and Piper Niven. Uh, a couple of them are across brands here. Alex, uh, what, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, I suppose that you know the, the Knox is over here on on in the states and Ripley as well. But as far as like you know cutting their teeth in the in the UK brand, I feel like those those four would be there. I mean, maybe it's a uh, I'm not sure if Knox because she's met all spent all that time on the shelf with the injury might have been supplanted by somebody like Ginny or a Kaylee Ray. Um, uh, but I I am yeah sure. I mean, I, I would I would go with those. Jeremy, you have some thoughts. I would agree. Tegan Knox would be the one that might be questionable because she was in the Mae Young Classic before the NXT UK stuff really took off. But she she returned to NXT UK. That was her first match back after the injury. So you can include her in NXT UK. I'm just shocked people watch that show. Young, <laughs> just well, there, there is great stuff. You know, we had a match of the year candidate uh, over there earlier this year. Uh, young Bibby left us a super chat as well. It says, why was a Raw superstar challenging for the NXT championship? Um, and if I'm if I'm not mistaken, if we're talking about tonight, there was no Raw superstars challenging for the NXT champion. He, he means for an NXT championship, which is the Cruiserweight championship. Oh, uh, which which. Uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't know why. I mean, this is my brand I, I, supremacy. <laughs> I I I think the idea that anybody who's under the weight limit from Raw or SmackDown could show up on NXT any week and challenge for that title means there's a Mustafa Ali versus Leo just out there waiting to happen. So 
Let's get on it, guys, next week. Charles Haskins asks, we got a bunch of Super Chats coming in. Charles Harkins, excuse me, asks again, would the Rick Martel sensational Sherry HBK storyline work in today's climate? Um, that's an interesting question, but I, I wouldn't see why not, because the idea is that she was she was playing both sides. I think it was, and, and neither of them were being outward disrespectful. They both wanted to have her as a manager, perhaps as a girlfriend as well. Uh, Jeremy, what do you think? I think it could work. I don't, yeah, I really don't see why it couldn't. Uh, Sensational Sari was, I, I don't think she was mistreated in that storyline. She was always presented as a pretty powerful lady. So I don't know why that couldn't work. Yeah, and she actually ended up, uh, she, she, she actually ended up screwing both of them and uh, didn't have anything left to show for. And when I mean screwing, like, I mean, you know, just <laughs> and not just being awful to both of them. And Aaron J's fan left us a super chat as well. He says, I got nothing to say. So here's some money. Thank you very much. We're going to start with AEW this evening, which was Jeremy's beat. I mean, it starts off. The evening starts off on, uh, on AEW with a decorated ring filled with, uh, well, there's, there, there's a, a portrait painting. There's a huge present. There's thank you across the ropes. There's uh, giant inflatable mascots around the <laughs> ring. And inside the ring, there is the legend, Soul Train Jones, who is there. And he has notes. He's, he's, he has <laughs> something to say, and he has notes. Basically saying this is the greatest night in television history. Yada, yada, yada. I, he... He went through it, but thank God he had the notes. Uh, and uh, th this is basically to set up Jericho's uh, uh, thanks, uh, for him getting thanks for everything he's done so far in, uh, in AEW. And he comes out, there's a marching band. This was quite the setup, wasn't it, Jeremy? Any segment that starts with the legend Soul Train Jones, the oral of Soul Train Jones in AEW, only on Fightful. You're not going to find that anywhere else. You can see Sean Ross saps cats in the video as well. Any segment that Soul Train Jones, a home run of a segment right off the bat. I I thought this segment was good. I liked the inner circle interactions. I thought they were hilarious. Ted Irvine uh, showing up and burying the Blackhawks. Always good. I'm not a Blackhawks fan either. So bury them as much as you need to. That was fantastic. Ted Irvine getting the the local town heel heat. I thought the the local team, excuse me, heel heat. I thought it was fantastic. Um, he uh, he he says that he's finally going to get his uh, he being Jericho here says he's going to get his thank you from AEW executives and the brass at TNT Network. And he says, "Look under your chairs, everyone, for the celebration." Some of you will get a 50-cent coupon for the newest Chris Jericho shirt. And he even announces that the AEW is officially launching an official A Bit of the Bubbly Champagne, Alex. Now, I'm maybe I'm not the most connoisseur, but if you're whipping champagne together over the past, like, over a month or so and bottling it, it's... Wow, you know it's probably not Dom pairing on. Well, no, but it's it's a limited edition, 
So you got to get it while it's there. Otherwise, you can't have a little bit of the bubbly. I mean, I think they only bottle like you know a thousand bottles, and then it's and it's gone. It's it's going to be a collector's item. Got to get a little bit of the bubbly. The inner circle come out. Uh, they give him gifts. Uh, Sammy Guevara gives, which I thought was pretty funny, a cardboard uh, cutout of he and Jericho hugging, uh, which, which I thought was pretty good. Uh, the uh, Santana and Ortiz give him a Boricua gift basket and make him an official Boricua by putting a, uh, a headband over his, well, not a headband, a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A bandana over his head. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and Jake Hager comes out with a goat, a literal goat, the Jerry goat, which is the next meme. And uh, but the the goat didn't quite cooperate. Uh, AEW, as far as far as AEW using animals on their shows right now, they're zero for two. Um, and uh, and of course Ted Irvine is there under the big box. Like of course we were all think wondering who was going to be under the big box. You know, I, none of us expected Jericho's dad to be there. He has the Rangers jerseys on, and he gives out Rangers jerseys. And I couldn't help but wonder how many Rangers jerseys Jericho already has. You know, it's like, do I really need another one, Dad? Um, he he reads. He actually gets he being Jericho again. I'm I'm okay with my pronouns. Trust me, folks. Um, they eventually, he eventually gets Justin Roberts in to read the statement because Jericho doesn't want to read it. It's an official statement. There is some thank yous from the people at Time Warner and TNT and so on and so forth. Thanking Jericho for his contributions, for making AEW so great. But he doesn't like the tone in which Justin Roberts re re reads the segment. So he beats him up. And all of the inner circle beat Justin Roberts up. Until people in the soul in the in the in the marching band run out, turns out to be SCU. They fight them off, and Soul Train Jones bumps. He takes a bump, clothesline down. Soul Train Jones, ladies and gentlemen. Jeremy, this was an 18-minute segment. What do you think? A little long in the tooth by the end of it, for sure. Justin Roberts, I thought he was going to get choked out with the tie, which would have been a callback to the uh, Daniel Bryan thing with NXT. I, I, I honestly don't know why you do this without doing that. Yeah, they they missed a couple of things uh, tonight, and I'll talk about that at the end of the show. But yeah, I, thought, I definitely thought that was a missed opportunity as well. And then Jericho, I don't know if the timing was off with SCU, but you could clearly see Jericho look up the ramp multiple times as he's beating down Justin Roberts. Like, okay, where's where's everybody at to run in? So I kind of tip things off. And then Soul Train wasn't exactly the most cooperative of wrestlers while taking uh, the his bumps. So yeah, a little long and a little clunky at the end, but the all the stuff with Jericho and the inner circle uh, interactions was really good. Yeah, I, I I love I love Jericho just being the the most the, like a lazy healing is just is just so great where he's talking to Justin Roberts. Roberts is like, so where are you from? Oh, actually Arlington Heights, right near here. I went to Buffalo Grove High School. What high school did you go to? Buffalo Grove High School. Buffalo Grove High School sucks. Like it was just <laughs> it was just so lazy and so great. Like it's just the most low energy healing. It's so he's so good at it. I love it. Ella Quentin uh, sends us a super chat. Says best part of Jericho's segment was the Chancla's gift. Chancla. Chancletus. Chancletus. That's 
Yeah, that's uh, that's that's the that's the Spanish word for flip flops, okay. uh, the little, the little sandals. And and when when the uh, when Ortiz or Santana says these are actually could double as a weapon, uh, the the joke is that a lot of mothers use that as a spanking tool for their children. Uh, in my my uh, I'm actually somehow if you look at me you wouldn't know this I'm a quarter Puerto Rican so I understand uh, the uh, proud and powerful idea my my grandmother on my mother's side used to use a chancleta and throw it at us when we were being a little crazy <laughs> when she was babysitting so I know all about the chancleta. Well, thank you very much, Alex, for illuminating me on this one. I feel much more woken <laughs> now. Um, Trent and uh, Chucky T defeated the Lucha Brothers. Um, Trent is on a, Trent is on a road. There wasn't much here to this match. We get the hug really early, early on, but the Lucha bros get in control. There's a nice double team wheelbarrow splash by the Luchas, which, which I really liked. Uh, Trent hits, uh, or what? No, it was Chucky T. Uh, Chucky, uh, it was Chucky T who hits, uh, standing sliced bread on Phoenix. Topicon Hilo on the Luchas. And then Trent tries to uh, do it as well, but he eats a super kick by Phoenix uh orange cassidy comes out dressed as a turkey not unlike our own resident turkey here this evening uh, it distracts pentagon enough to be uh, long enough to be taken out and there's an mk ultra in the ring by trent he calls it the crunchy on phoenix for the win alex trent uh, not excuse me not alex uh, jeremy not that i don't like you alex I'm uh, <laughs> the um uh, trent uh, trent last week on dark Beats um, beats Penta tonight. Gets the pin on Phoenix. The boys on a roll a bit. Best friends are on a roll a bit. They they beat Private Party on an episode of AEW Dark as well. So they couldn't beat anybody, and now they're beating Private Party and um, the Lucha Bros, who are number one in the not official AEW power ranking. So good win for for best friends. I this was another match or a match that was kind of felt a little bit clunky, especially early when the Lucha Bros were trying to wrestle in hoodies. That didn't work out so well for them. They they felt a, a step off. Phoenix is awesome. I, I love Phoenix. I'm looking forward to the Trent and Phoenix match next week. Penta kind of looked like a dork again when he was distracted on the outside and then uh, Chucky T hit the the cannonball onto him when he was distracted by Orange Cassidy. He he gets distracted easily. Uh, so shiny things, just hold that up in front of Penta, and you can take him out very easily. Next we had uh, B Priestley and Emi Sakura versus Hikaru Shida and Chris Statlander. Uh, Alex, how is Emi Sakura a heel if she comes out cosplaying <laughs> as Freddie Mercury week after week? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Um, uh, uh, you might want to ask Jr. Jr. had some ideas about uh, what what she was like. Um, uh. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I I will say this: um, there's somebody that they have signed to the women's division who, as far as I know, hasn't been on AEW Dynamite yet. But Big Swole, that's somebody to look out for. Like, I love her stuff. She is so charismatic. She's somebody that they should be pushing. In this women's division, and if in a year's time, she's not at the very tip top of that division, if not the champion, there I don't think they're doing it right because <laughs> I think she's electric, and I really really like her. But yeah, I mean, this is this is just more of this like, here are these women, they're gonna have a tag match, 
it didn't feel like they were, it doesn't feel like, again, that they're really building a women's division with storylines and, and defined characters and, 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 a, a, and a overall drive with this women's division toward something, anything. Uh, this was a pretty. Yeah, I... oh, go ahead, uh, go ahead, Jeremy. Oh, I was just gonna say I agree that this match felt very random and thrown together. Why are uh, Shida and Statlander teaming? I mean, Statlander hasn't even been used. This was her Dynamite debut. She was on Dark. Why are uh, Sakurai and B Priestley teaming? Like, w- what is the reason for for these teams here? So it just felt like let's throw these four women out there, and then the number one ranked woman, Shida, she didn't take the pinfall, but she was on the losing team. So again, just a bad night to be number one in the, the not official rankings. Uh, there's a pendulum moonsault off the apron to the floor on uh, B. Priestley by, uh, uh, by, uh, Statlander, which was really cool. Uh, Sheeta then get, goes out, gets the chair to do her leaping knee, but instead, Emi Sakura sits on it and sips in, some tea, but she gets shoved off and the knee happens anyway. <laughs> um, Sakura hits a, an abdominal stretch in the middle of the ring using the mic stand, which of course JR is going to have conniptions over. There's some boots to the face. Stantlander gets a really great hot tag. She does her pump handle Oklahoma roll. Uh, Sakura hits a twisting face buster. A huge backbreaker on Stantlander. Um, she, Stantlander hits an electric chair face buster as well. There's a falcon arrow by Sheeta on B Priestley. A, Mi- a Michinoku driver by Stantlander can't get the job done. But it's La Magistral that gets the win for uh, Emmy and Priestley. As you said, Jeremy, Statlander, uh, uh, Statlander ate the pin here. I like this match. It was good stuff once it started to pick up. It really got cooking. What do you think? Yeah, I thought the match was fine. Again, I just had no reason to care about it. Like, why, why are these women out there? Why are these teams happening? Just give me a reason to care about this match instead of just throwing out two cold teams and expecting me to care. I did like that uh, uh, Sakurai got a, a 10 count on Statlander. She was not letting go of that pinfall after it was over. I don't know what the reason was that was for, but it certainly happened. The work was strong. It's just I had no reason to care about it. Well, that is a, that, that's a, it's an overall criticism that, that's pervading the, 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 uh, AEW's women division to a point that Kenny Omega had to address it or had to. He did address it this week because it is it, it is a big talking point. He says to expect the big things in 2020. Um, I don't know why they're not pulling the trigger a little earlier on this. Alex, any final thoughts? No. Okay. Moxley has a <laughs> has a, a quick promo where basically he says he's he says he's napalm death and he's coming to get us. That was, was good stuff. 100% here for John Moxley threatening murder on people. <laughs> yeah, right. Especially via napalm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's do some of that. David in the list in the chat leaves us a super chat says, Hi, Jeremy, Warren, and Alex. That's the three of us. Just wanted to show my support to Fightful. Hope SRS is enjoying his night off. Keep up the great work. Hannah Moore also leaves us a super chat. She says, tonight was Jess's farewell on NXT. She's going to be a SmackDown ref now. Make sure to check out the video when it goes up soon. That's a nice point. Good for her. Going up on Maine. It's fantastic. She's always been a solid, solid referee. 
Cody wins with a disaster kit, kick and a figure four leg lock uh, on Matt Nitz or Knotts. I don't remember. And he ends up calling out MJF. <laughs> but, but, it, MJF does not come out. Some dude hits the ring and he has a mask on and he attacks Cody and Excalibur, Excalibur exclaims, It's the blade! The blade! It's the blade! And JR says, what? And then as, just as Excalibur tries to explain to us, there's a guy that literally comes through the ring, through the tarp, and Excalibur goes into conniptions again with the butcher! It's the butcher! The butcher's here! JR rightfully says, the butcher? Who's the butcher? And... Excalibur doesn't have any real reasons. He just tells us, it's the blade! It's the butcher! And then Allie comes out in her bunny gear and he says, and the bunny! The blade! The butcher! The bunny! We get it. Alliteration. It's fine. Uh, Jeremy, I am... Sean told me that the only reason you're here tonight is to explain this segment here. This is how you're going to make your pay. It's all yours. Uh, it's not the Better Business Bureau. <laughs> it's not the Big Baller brand. It's the the Blade, the Butcher, and the Bunny. I don't understand what's so difficult about this. Uh, this... Crowd didn't know who they were. No one knew who they were except for Excalibur. And I appreciate his excitement, but I, I couldn't get excited just because he was yelling their names. They attacked Cody, so it shows that maybe they have plans for him, but one's Braxton Sutter. The other guy's name is Andy Williams. When Alex, what should his name be? Madman McMonacle. <laughs> That would be much Everyone's better name. burying the lead here. The <laughs> dude with the big Silas Young mustache is wearing a monocle. <laughs> okay. Like when I'm like, I, I need no new information. Don't tell me anything else about this guy. He looks awesome. And he's wearing a monocle. That's it. And somebody's like, um, actually his name is Andy Williams. He's a guitarist for a metal band named every time we die. I'm like, you gave me more information. <laughs> I don't want to know his name is Andy Williams. Andy Williams is the guy who sings the Christmas song. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's not the dude with the big Silas Young mustache and the monocle. That's not who Andy Williams is. They need to change his name immediately. My suggestion would be Madman McMonocle. Andy Williams looks and has the name of a guy who would be perfect in NXT UK. Uh, I, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, the segment didn't work. The The crowd didn't care. The crowd didn't know who they were. At least they added Allie. She's, she's known. So I'll give it a chance. We'll, we'll see what happens, but not and attacking Cody should be a strong debut, but no one care. They're going to have to, they, they've dark ordered these guys fairly early and they, they've saved the dark order, but for these guys, we're getting a lot of similar characters with these darker kind of wearing all black people. One thing I'm, I'm wondering, the last time we saw Allie, she got attacked by Awesome Kong and her hair was, you know, chopped off. Is that what happens? Like, if you get <laughs> a lot of your hair taken, all of a sudden, you, like, go to other, like, a dark dimension and come back bringing two balding dudes in trench coats? Is that what happens? Because that's interesting. Be 
B Priestley got her hair cut, and it, I, I mean, she was already dark, I guess. Yeah. Did they mention that on commentary that, hey, Awesome Kong attacked this woman and cut her hair? And nope. yeah, it's just, it's forgotten, um, I guess. I literally forgot about it until you mentioned it, Alex. J, uh, JR was too busy being confused, as was I. <laughs> it's rare that I'm really on the same page as JR when it comes to commentary. But yeah, this was very reminiscent of the Dark Order debut, and I. I'm surprised they decide to go that that route because it didn't quite work out. Um, they're 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 saving the farm right now, if you ask me. But anyhow, um, eloquent list of it left us a super chat saying uh, Cody gets jumped after matches too much. LMAO, not not entirely untrue. That does happen quite a bit. He he does need some backup. Where are all the bait? Where's Cody's That's friends? That's what I was gonna say. Where are? Doesn't he have a night? He has a family, the Nightmare family. Sure, MJF is gone, but Dustin was there. DDP was there. Sheesh. The Elite were there. Where are these guys? Dante in the chat leaves us super chat says, "Bring in the villain to lead the Blade, the Butcher, and the Bunny." Ooh. He doesn't have. He's got to be renamed though to the like the. Billion, the villain? I, I don't know. He's got to be a Barney skull. Well, no, doesn't he? He wears that weird bird mask. <laughs> that, the bird? The okay. Bird. Like okay. He's got that, that weird beak thing that did he wears. We, yeah. Did we just figure something out? The bird, the blade, the butcher, the bunny. Yeah. Or, or instead of the bird, it can call him the beak. <laughs> Alex has the scoops. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, let's move along. Pack versus Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega defeated Pack. Pack. I like this match a great deal, as it is every encounter between Pack and Omega. Uh, Pack kicks out, kips out, up out of a Kitaro Crusher, which was amazing. But then he eats a snappity snap dragon suplex immediately after, and a spinebuster. There's a lot. Uh, Jeremy Omega kicked this one off really, really easy with a big, big burst of big, big offense. Got the got everyone cooking really quickly. Got the audience into it quickly. I love the start of this match. It's tough to have a bad match when you're Kenny Omega and Pack going out there. Match was fantastic. I question it, it was it was a television match. Unfortunately, uh, we know they're capable of more. We saw it on pay per view. I like the the start of this match as well. I will say I was distracted. I had to write about the the. B formation, so I my attention was a little bit divided here, but I I did enjoy the this match. I do question a little bit of the booking. It looked like Pack was gonna be on a strong run, and now he's lost two out of the last three again. Another dumb rank number one in the unofficial rankings and loses here tonight. And Omega, I thought he was on a losing streak and trying to find himself, and now he's just beating Pack on television. So. These records are going to look a lot of 500 records here shortly, and you're going to see 50-50 booking might be a thing just across companies. Um, this was like you said, Jeremy. Though this was a fantastic match again. Uh, um, Pac wriggles out of the "you can't escape" move, and they kick each other mercilessly. Pac hits a super fucking arrow on Kenny Omega, who avoids the black arrow though, and comes back with a V trigger. There's some pin reversals, and uh, and uh, Kenny Omega basically gets the win. But, I mean, this was hard-hitting, big move, heavy-hitting, violent. I liked it. Alex, I don't know how much of the match you got to see, 
but uh, this I, was uh, this yeah, was what, again this something is good. One, yeah, this was the one that I that I was looking forward to the most. So I made sure that I I paused it and watched it during NXT commercials. Um, <laughs> I, I I love Pac, man. I just I Pac. love Pac Pac <laughs> Neville Adrian Neville. I love Adrian oh Neville. Um, I I I know I I. The the stuff that I love most about him is the little stuff. The way he sold that Snapdragon suplex was just awesome. Like he rolled up and halfway stood up, but then was like, nope, I'm going to sit down now. Like it was really, really, he's just excellent. Mm -hmm. I I think these guys work so well together because so much of of their offense is velocity based. It's how fast they're moving when they hit you with something. And I, 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 it's, these guys were, were excellent. I, Again, it's really weird. You have this thing where you say, hey, um, we're going to, these win-loss records count. So let's have two of our objectively best guys on the roster wrestle each other a bunch. So they're going to get each of them a couple of losses, which then drops them down the standings. But we see these guys near the top. So I don't know what you do there. MJF defeated Hangman Adam Page to win a ring. A $45,000 ring. $45,000 ring. I don't know why that does not impress me, but it uh, it doesn't. Um, so, I mean, this the match was fine. It was short. But yeah, it's one of these that just happens and you don't, you, you know, you'll kind of forget that it ever happened. MJF uses the referee to hit an eye poke on on uh, Hangman Page, but he reverses with a discus lariat, takes him down, uh, hits the buckshot lariat actually, but Wardlow, uh, who accompanied MJF to ringside, puts, the, put M- puts MJF's uh, leg on the bottom rope to break up the pin, and uh, MJF ends the match after Wardlow sneakily punches Adam Page with the crossroads because he's a dick. Allegedly. The, yes, allegedly. <laughs> um, Diamond, Dallas, Diamond Dallas Page comes down to the ring to, uh, to hang him the ring. Uh, DDP says that some of his actions have been very disappointing, but tonight you're the man. Gives him the ring. MJF puts it on his finger. He kisses it. He shakes Paige's hand, but he gives the ring back. And Wardlow gets involved. DDP says, you're going to look like a fool once a 65-year-old man beats you up. I mean, I can't wait for Wardlow versus Paige. Diamond Dallas <laughs> Page, Right, Jeremy? Uh, we might get Wardlow and MJF against Cody and Diamond Dallas oh, Page. Um yeah, don't don't know that I just saw that uh, it's a possibility. Um, I th- this match was uh, as you said something you're probably not going to remember. It didn't feel like a big deal. Like they were battling over this ring. That crossroads was brutal, absolutely brutal. D- did not look good at all. I don't know what they're doing with Hangman Page. He's supposed to be a a centerpiece but he keeps losing all these matches and i guess if you watch being the elite he's questioning himself and he's not elite but that's not coming across at all on television except jim ross kind of mentioning it or maybe it's excalibur that mentioned it like hey watch this show he kind of removed himself from the elite it's like 
all right, I guess now everyone has to watch this companion show. Uh, with MJF and Paige was fine. I wish MJF would have talked a little bit more, give the man a microphone. And the, the Wardload stuff was, and I got broken up. And at least there was a reason that Cody didn't come out. He was attacked earlier in the night. So at least they can get out of that by saying, yeah, Cody was attacked. So we couldn't come out there to confront MJF or help save his friend DDP. It was fine, but yeah, not something you're going to remember a week from now. Why are we fighting for a ring, Alexander Pulaski? <laughs> I don't know. Just just give yourself a mid uh, like a, a mid card title. What what's your version of the Intercontinental title? You can call it the Diamond Belt, like whatever you want to call it. But it should be an uh, it should be a, a like this is wrestling. We all know what people fight for. It's a title belt. It's not for a ring. I don't understand. Like it's a, I, this this is them. I feel like this is them overthinking being different. And sometimes different isn't always better. Sometimes you just you've got Arn Anderson under the umbrella. Like, create a TV title and have him present it. Like, he's the greatest TV champion ever. He's the TV title guy. So you use that, you know? I mean, like, if you want to call it the diamond thing, you got DDP, that's fine, but it should be a a belt. But it's here's weird. But is it is it, like, they won't be using it, right? Because, because MJF just handed it back. You know, right. so, like, if it had been a belt, let's say well, it he... had been a title... Yeah, you know he would have kept it, or if he had given the title back, everyone would have been like, "Well, what was the point of the title?" So it's kind of right. Me to me, this it all kind of falls flat. I get it's a heel thing to do, and they they're building him to the to to be this big time heel, but I don't know. You have a thought, uh, Jeremy? Oh, it's an like they said it was going to be an annual thing, so they're apparently just going to give this ring. I mean, if the if the guy (laughs) who wins it gives it back. Is my point. Yeah, if the, right. guy, if the guy who wins it doesn't what's want the it, point? what's the point? Right, but I'm saying, like, to to the point of he's not going to defend it, it certainly doesn't seem that way because he, right. he did give it back, and then it's going to be an annual thing. So, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, All I don't I'm know. hoping is that someday, you know, we'll have, like, a... Uh, a, a, a a curio shop of all these of all these award props... That were, you know, and maybe the ring will be there next to uh, that green strap that Braun Strowman won uh, a couple of years ago in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> the Mountain Dew yeah, title. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Dustin Rhodes came into the ring to cut a promo and he said, and I quote, and I'm going to try and imitate him because it made me chuckle. Jake Hager, you broke my arm. Now I'm out to get your blood. And I kind of <laughs> thought that was funny. Uh, then Guevara comes out to, uh, c- comes in Santana and Ortiz, the young bucks come out uh, another series of run-ins to, to, to further everything shattered dreams everywhere. Jeremy, some quick thoughts, maybe this was kind of felt a little sloppy as well. And yeah, it, it just, the guys felt a step off and I guess it sets up the match for next week. So they did that, but otherwise it just, it felt rushed too so just not it accomplished what it needed to in setting up the match for next week but otherwise it's just it just happened what wasn't sloppy though was the dark order vignette that we got again this week uh i love the setting that they did here this evening felt very black mirror ish 
a little uh, a little David Lynchy at times. How evil Uno was giving the seminar unmasked, but yet we didn't see him fully unmasked. I like that little touch. Um, I on my own show that you can listen to at youtubecom Hayes, Subscribe today. I posited that um, the new the uh, the Dark Order was AEW's first bungle in handling talent and getting them over. I think they're slowly proving me wrong here, Alex. No, I mean this is the thing is that the the the, the problem I have with it this is this is I'm not going to let AEW get away with it, even though they're young a young um, promotion, because I certainly wouldn't let. WWE get away with it. They they did bungle it, and now they're trying to save it. They're doing a good job of it. But if this was where they were going to go all along, these are the the vignettes you introduce these guys with. You don't do a bunch of weird crap that makes everybody not like these guys, then retroactively give the give us these awesome vignettes that show off these interesting characters that were like, oh, now I'm interested in these guys. But we we had to like get reinterested in them after losing all interest in them. So you I mean like you get points for 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 fixing it correctly, but you you had lost all of the points ahead of time for bungling the the introduction the way you did. Uh, and I'm glad they're giving them another, that this is giving them a second wind because the Dark Order are phenomenal. They really really are a great tag team. Jeremy, any thoughts on the vignette? I love it. I loved it last week. Thought this a very strong follow up. So I'm I'm with Alex that either you do this initially, and that's how you introduce them, or good on them for recognizing yeah. that whatever they were trying to do at first clearly wasn't working, and they they pivoted into this. I definitely remember Cody saying in the build up to AEW over the course of the summer, uh, fall uh, not fall but spring summer, saying that you know if things don't work, we're going to listen to the audience and we're going to course correct. I think this is going to be a perfect example of that. Chris Jericho defeated Scorpio Sky to retain the AEW World Championship. Aubrey Edwards is officially your main event referee, right, Jeremy? Like, she's done them all at this point, right? She, her and Jericho have very good interactions, and I think that plays a big part into it as well as Jericho knows he can play off of her really well so yeah i think she should honestly referee like every single chris jericho match this was a physical match both guys really went at it uh there's uh early on an ace crusher by sky miss he uh, goes for a missile drop kick kick but it's caught by jericho uh and uh, reversed into a lion lion tamer uh there is indeed a spot here where jericho and edwards go at it um it's uh then scorpio sky fights back he hits a cutter and follows in with a great dragon sleeper. Hager runs in to uh, create a distraction, allowing Jericho to break up this, uh, allowing um, Jericho to get out of the uh, submission. Kazarian and Daniels come in to take care of Hager. Jericho has the belt, meanwhile, in the ring because Aubrey is on is outside trying to keep control on the outside with people who aren't involved in the match. Go figure. No one's perfect. <laughs> But uh, Jericho has the belt, uh, but uh, Sky avoids getting clocked with it, hits the TKO, doesn't put Jericho away. Jericho does, um, or actually, uh, Sky hits a leaping Super Hurricane Rana while Jericho is up on the top rope, which was really cool. Jericho hits a code breaker on Scorpio Sky as he flies off the top rope. Uh, but uh, it all comes to an end with a lion tamer and Scorpio Sky 
taps out before we get to the final segment. Jeremy, give me your thoughts on the match. Scorpio Sky's awesome. He his offense looked really good here. My biggest two issues with the match. One, they said seconds were banned from ringside, and then we got Hager and SEU running in, and okay, they got tossed or SEU got Hager to the back and stuff, but if they're going to be banned and enforce that somehow, put lock them in a room, and issue fines or suspensions uh, after the fact. Like I hope if they, you know what, if they issue fines and sus suspensions tomorrow, then cool, I, I will forgive this. But that that was didn't really like that. And then a huge, huge, huge missed opportunity. Scorpio Sky beat won the tag team title. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Idols with the small package. He beat Chris Jericho with the small package. There was no small package in this match. He did the backslide, and that was kind of your roll-up near fall. But the small package is how he won two main event matches on television and you don't do the tease in this match. It was perfect. It was easy. And they didn't do it. And I just don't understand why that was not part of the match layout. Jericho winning, no surprise. Good match. Uh, you know, kind of a shorter television match. I thought Scorpio looked good. And Jericho is, I mean, he's 46, 47. Might be the youngest AEW champion of all time. But still, obviously, not what he was in his prime. No, of course not. But he did, I, I thought he, uh, for, for, for what the match was, I thought he delivered he really went he really leaned into it and then the match not the match after the match um john moxley comes out and stands menacingly menacing men he stands with a mean face <laughs> in the audience <laughs> staring down jericho jericho jaw jacks at him shut up alex Tell me what the you think turkey about this. is, is <laughs> laughing. Your your Porky Pig impression is spot on. <laughs> I gotta say, Whew, that was good. That was good stuff. Um, I'm gonna say this about the Moxley thing and him staring down Jericho menacingly. If you told me after the Mitch the Plant incident a few years ago in WWE that I could ever possibly get excited about another match between these two gentlemen, I would have said you were certifiably insane. And yet, here we are. Because I'm so jazzed to see John Moxley. Here's what, here's what Jericho should do. 
He should say, you're not allowed to have a match with me until you beat all the dudes in the inner circle. And then you can have a match and have Moxley go through them one by one. Have him take at have him take on Ortiz and Santana at the same time. Right. Like have but like just just go nuts. Like just be crazy. That would be an awesome way to do it. It should build to Jericho versus Moxley at their next pay per view. That's I mean that those are your two. Ooh, yeah. ooh, I got chill. Really into you know they they they've done a couple of co- of callbacks. They did some tonight. You know with the. There were a couple of callbacks to the Festival of Friendship tonight, you know, just with with the the portrait. You know, there were a couple of couple of winks last week. Was it last week when they did the uh, when he and MJF were 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 having the the promos on each other, and they did that reference the Roman Reigns when Jericho and Kevin Owens were 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 jawjacking at each other, and they ended up calling Roman Reigns. Maybe they will do something with Mitch the Plant. I mean, they have to. <laughs> They have to at least do some kind of obtuse reference to it. So that was AEW Dynamite this evening, folks. We are going to move on to NXT. But before we do, why don't you check right now on your YouTube video, your YouTube window. Did you like this video? Are you liking it? Did you give it a thumbs up? Please go ahead and do it. Also share it out. We we still have stuff to talk about. We have to talk about NXT. We have to talk about the opening segment. Dueling opening segments tonight, Alexander. We had uh, we had the opening segment over on Raw, uh, not on Raw, on AEW, on NXT. Uh, different celebrations as well. The NXT crew coming out to celebrate, to rap, listen to rap music like the, the kids today enjoy doing. <laughs> Uh, all the NXT locker room is there. They're dancing around the ring until Adam Cole and the lads come out. Undisputed Era. And Adam Cole throws a big glass of ice cold water on this house party that they're having. Saying that the only reason NXT was successful this weekend is because of Undisputed Era. The ring sort of empties out and you ha- in the ring is all, all the people that are left are Champa, Matt Riddle, Keith Lee and Donovan Dijak. I'm going down the Sean Ross Sap route as far as Dominic Dijakovic goes. <laughs> yeah. Just FYI. Yeah. He says, uh, um, uh, Adam Cole says, we are your champions. You should be thanking us. He says, newsflash, none of you are NXT. The Undisputed Era is NXT. Me and the fellas here, we are the Iron Men of the brand. Alex, with the couple of weeks that only Adam Cole has had just him and about himself. It's uh, it's hard to argue that statement. It is based in fact. Oh no, they're absolutely the Iron Man of, of NXT. But uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't believe Shayna was in the ring for the giant rap celebration. Uh, if she had been, then he would not have been allowed to say none of you are the reason why we won because Shayna won her match. Actually, he like somebody should have said, um, Kyle, Bobby, didn't you lose your match? Um, so like it's it's I, I it's just fine. Um it, it's all it's it's always okay for your heels to lie as long as the babyface is pointed out. Otherwise you're you're just gaslighting us and making us forget things that actually happened. Um I I thought this was all really great. I, I thought it was a really cool thing to do with Full Sail, because Full Sail's been there since the beginning, and how awesome it is for those fans who showed up at every taping and are there now every week to celebrate with them, saying our success is your success as well, so that the NXT, I, 
like if Raw came out, if if Raw had won the, the battle for brand supremacy, um, and and they had this big celebration, it like come come on, no, but because it's NXT, like it's a major deal that they that they feel like it's a big deal that we were pushed to that limit. And I thought that was great. Also, Adam Cole, you know, being up his own ass is also perfectly in character. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Uh, Champa basically says that it's the beginning of the end for the Undisputed Era. He says, war's over and daddy won. So now Adam Cole, he's coming, he's, I'm coming after you. But Finn Balor comes out and Champa challenges him for a match later in the evening. We have oh, but he, the way he does it, says, "Hey Prince, you found your king." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, oh, that's good. That's good. Good stuff. That's some good stuff right there." Yeah, yeah like there's, that. There's a whole section of Twitter that just went fanfic. <laughs> <laughs> we have Tom Phillips. We have Tom Phillips replacing Mauro Ranallo this evening. I don't necessarily want to do a deep dive into this. There's videos that Sean has made about this. He talked about it on Listing Your Boy. Um, but um, uh, he is replacing Mauro. He's not there this evening. Jeremy, we, we've seen how everything has gone down on Twitter with, uh, with Corey Graves and his uh his apology um apology. yeah uh it it's crazy how Mauro Ranallo's voice has become synonymous with NXT at this point even if he's not he he's he's not the first announcer he's been there for two and a half three years at this point but he's been in such cru in such a crucial moment of the brand's history uh, he's, um, it's, it's odd to have an NXT happening and him not being there. Especially a big celebration like this, like Alex said, like this felt like NXT's moment at full sale. And the fact that Mauro Nalo, who's given us these, these memorable catchphrases throughout all these events. I mean, the, the crowd did honor him with a Mamma Mia chant a little bit later on, but yeah, to not have Morrow's voice to be part of this show, it definitely felt odd. And I almost felt bad for Tom Phillips because he was kind of just thrown into this in a almost no-win mm -hmm. situation. And I, he did well. Like, I think Tom Phillips is a good announcer. Sure. But this was a like this was Morrow's spot with everything going on in the brand supremacy uh, with NXT winning. Keith Lee and Donovan Dijak faced off against the Undisputed Era. Early on, Bobby Fish takes a bad spill to the outside. We cut to commercial, and when we come back, there is no Bobby Fish to be found. Roderick Strong is in his trousers wrestling. <laughs> Roderick Strong, on no notice, wrestled almost all of this tag tag title match in non-worked Wranglers <laughs> with no belt, so you got a full-on advertisement for like 15 minutes on usa for calvin klein underwear <laughs> like it was pretty amazing um not quite sure uh you know obviously you know uh jeremy will keep us posted as far as uh the status of uh of bobby fish is pretty sure it wasn't a work i don't think they would have it, it, no, it no, didn't no, no, look no. like a work and it doesn't feel like work and it's a shame poor bobby fish he's literally turned into mr glass um, yeah. and it's really, really a shame because he still has some years to give us. Um, 
Strong and uh, Kyle O'Reilly start working Dijak's knees. Uh, Lee gets the hot tag and runs both guys down. Double slam on both guys as well. Um, uh, later on, uh, Dijak gets triangled. I like this spot. He gets triangled by, uh, Kyle, uh, by Kyle O'Reilly. Starts deadlifting him. Roderick Strong runs in. Dijak grabs him by the throat and simultaneously choke slams and sit out power bombs. Both guys. I like it. Um, not the first time that we see Undisputed Era uh, taking big bumps, crazy bumps for bigger guys, Alex. And every time it works, and they seem to, they seem to take great pleasure in putting the bigger guys over like this. Yeah, no, they 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 love it. And I mean, I, I again, I, I don't I don't think that it can be said enough that um, they freebirded the tag titles on the fly. Yeah. Like, like, Roddy Strong had was not supposed to be a part of this match. He wasn't supposed to wrestle tonight, obviously. He didn't have a match scheduled for anything else. They were like, oh, Bobby's hurt. We don't know what happened. They, they said the knee on the broadcast, but a lot of people were speculating it was his head because he came in contact with the floor on that, on that bump to the outside. Whatever it was, they were like, Bobby's out. You're in right now. And, and they just did it. Like, in the old NXT days, they would have stopped maybe not even done the match, maybe restarted it, like whatever. This had to happen now, and there were a bunch of times during the match where you could tell they were trying to improv something, or Kyle was like trying to tell Roddy this was the spot me and Bobby had planned, and they were out of position. There was a couple other things like that, yeah. but the fact that it actually it came together as well as it did shows like these four gentlemen are like absolute consummate professionals that they could throw all this together and work magic yeah. You know, again, on the fly. I, I thought it was amazing. There was a, there was an, a whole moment where uh, where Kyle O'Reilly and, and Strong are on the outside of the ring and Kyle O'Reilly has his arm wrapped around him and they're they're talking to each other. You know that Kyle O'Reilly is just like, okay, this is the finish. This is what we're supposed to do, blah, 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 mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Uh, no, this, uh, for, for for what it was, they uh, they got through a very unfortunate situation. Uh, and, and it's interesting, too, just to point out that you know, WWE matches are so scripted and produced, like down to very minute details, that sometimes you feel that the wrestlers don't have room to improvise anymore, that when something goes awry, they'll either take the bump anywhere or they'll do something nonsensical. But in this situation here, everyone sort of rose to the occasion and because, because they did have to come up with something on more than short notice, they were in, a, in an emergency situation. Match comes to an end when Adam Cole tries to run in, but he gets pounced by Keith Lee into the audience. But saying, unless you haven't seen it, saying he, he got pounced doesn't render it justice, Alex. There's It's no. something on another level that happened this evening to Adam Cole. He, 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 he flew out of his own soul. Like, like he... <laughs> It was as though he had rocket boots on. He went six people deep laterally into the second row. Like, I, 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 I it was crazy. Again, Adam Cole, after this, this entire month of match after match after match, he's wrestling with a bad wrist anyway. Just take the week off, Adam. We're begging you. Nope, I'm going to do one more bump, okay? <laughs> and this is the bump he does. And it's like, okay, amazing. I love that that's like... Like Dijak, by the way, um, I, I actually I want to call him what O'Reilly called him on Twitter, which is Dijak Gorbachev, 
which is just like just a perfectly O'Reilly gobbledygook crazy thing. Dija Gorbachev, whatever. Anyway, he he watches Lee do this, and he's so shocked that he he ends up losing the match. <laughs> just, oh wow, wow. Keith Lee was stunned. Keith Lee looked and he just looks around the entire arena and like, wait, did did, where did he go? Yeah, I, I think he, I think he was a little surprised himself at Cole's sell on this one because that was something special. It was a great moment. Uh, that spot was amazing and is a. I don't know what the numbers are going to be, but that was all over my timeline. Sure. Like that's all anybody was talking about uh, the rest of the night. Candice LeRae is disappointed in Dakota Kai. She says that this she's uh, someone that she used to consider a, a good friend. No, a sister. Well, tonight she's getting into the ring with her pissed off big sister. I don't know how that feels like. I'm the old. I'm the oldest child. <laughs> Mansoor defeated Shane Thorne tonight, Alex, in a quick yeah. match. There was a nice spot where Mansoor goes for a dive, but Thorne catches him on the outside and backdrop drivers him to the floor. But Mansoor gets the win with a slingshot neck breaker. Please don't let me say his name one more time, Alex. <laughs> um. I, I I thought this was his first ever televised uh, victory outside of Saudi Arabia. Somebody correct, uh, corrected me and said he he won some match when it by, while it was still being taped. Um, but uh, yeah, I I good for him. I mean, like I'm glad that the push for this guy extends outside of his home country. Otherwise, it's completely disingenuous. Like you have him win this giant battle royal, he doesn't win anything again. Then he goes back the next year and beats Cesaro. Like, eventually, you're going to have to have him win matches in the States. <laughs> Otherwise, it's kind of like, whatever. Um, uh, I, I'm, a bit, I'm a big fan of Shane Thorne. Um, I, I, I think he's really, really talented. Uh, it sucked that he got injured when he did and kind of halted the, 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 the momentum of the mighty. Um, uh, uh, so much so that his partner on the mighty isn't even on the company anymore. Um, but, uh, yeah, this was fine and good, good for Mansoor to get like a middle mini push. I don't know exactly what his ceiling is in the company, but he's still learning yeah. and he's obviously improved a lot since he's been, in, uh, in the, the PC. He's fantastic. Quite frankly, I, when I was still doing the, uh, NXT, uh, 205 Live NXT UK recap shows on, on select, there was one evening where I was treated to two Mansoor matches. He had one match on NXT where I, th I think he fought Raul Mendoza, I don't quite remember. But he was playing the baby face, and he was very, very good at what he was doing. Then he flips over to NXT UK, and I think he's in a match with Tyler Bate, and uh, he's playing a heel, and he's playing the heel huh. so well. So, And I'm seeing huh. him playing a consummate baby face convincingly on one show, an hour later, he's playing a really good heel. And when they were talking about him, when they introduced him uh, and they gave him some, some interview time and he was saying, you know, I, you know, I grew up watching wrestling and I get wrestling. And he does. He understands how to connect with an audience. And he does have a bit of that, that it factor. Something He's super charismatic and he has something that creates a connection. I think they do have a very still a very rough diamond but a diamond nonetheless here they got something uh they have something special hopefully they just won't say oh well, we already have one 
Middle Eastern descent guy on the roster. We don't need another one. Hopefully, they don't do something stupid like that. But you never know. Hannah Moore. Yeah, well, they're locked. They're locked into this Saudi deer for a while now. Sure. So Mansoor is going to keep uh, he's, at he's least always picking up. Have a home. <laughs> yeah, he's yep. going to at least win two matches a yeah. year. So yeah. like it'll, Natalia, will be all like right. Natalia, they'll always be Canada <laughs> for some wins. Natalia, except yeah. that SummerSlam. Hannah Morse in the chat uh, sends us a super chat. She says, Britt tweeted that he, speaking about Adam Cole, has to stay in his game cave. Yeah. The, I'm I, sure Adam Cole won't mind yeah, that. And, and, and you know what? His body kind of deserves it. He really does. Yeah. Uh, De- Candice Lorraine, Dakota Kai went at it this evening. Um, Alex, straight off the bat. Well, oh, uh, bit of an odd match to book so soon well i mean certainly the way that they did book it i i i absolutely believe candace LeRae has a has a problem with dakota kai and wants a piece of her um i i it would it would feel disingenuous to me if they were like here's dakota guy versus random babyface lady like it wouldn't it, like the, she has a bunch of women who are pissed at her to fight her she doesn't need to like face you know um who used to be Lacey Lane, they changed right, right, her right. name to something, yeah. I forget. But, like, she doesn't need to face, like, undercard girl from the PC. She needs to face these women. Um, and I-, I thought to myself, well, at least we know that Dakota Kai is going to get off of this losing streak um, because I didn't think they were going to have her lose. They didn't have her lose, technically. But um, uh, this, this, was a, this was a very good match. I, I, I personally was not aware of the big sister, little sister relationship between Candice LeRae and Tegan Knox, because all they had told us about before this was that Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai were best, best friends and had been, you know, been best friends for years. So it was news to me that Candice LeRae and Tegan Knox were like, were super tight as well. I think it's fine. I mean, that may be very well be true, but it's kind of a weird thing that they said right now, the, for the first time ever, by the way, she's my little sister and I, and I, and I love her very much. Um, but I, for, you don't need to do, to do that. Like, uh, Dakota Kai betrayed Candice LeRae at the mm-hmm. same, same way she betrayed Rhea Ripley. She betrayed their team at war games. That should be enough as well. But, um, but this match kicked all kinds of ass because, because both women got in a lot of good stuff and it was hard hitting, solid work. Loved it. Uh, you know Dakota Kai is a heel for two reasons because she's carrying the brace, one of the knee braces, and that's you know as a trophy. Plus, Jeremy, she's wearing her jacket, exposing one of her shoulders. That's a very, very that's that's an attitude. That's some badass yeah. attitude right there. Can't even be bothered to fully put on her jacket. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's that's how much. That's how much she doesn't even care anymore. I don't care anymore. I'm gonna take my jacket off, kind of. Like that's that's how. That's Screw great. you, so mom. Good. I don't care if my shoulder's cold. Yeah, it's a rebel attitude. That's yeah. That's how you prove you're a rebel. Dakota Kai's got a lot in her to be this good of a heel. Um, it's kind of like the the Mansoor thing. Like I maybe these video game people because dakota kai is a big gamer who does streaming mansoor is a big gaming streamer rhea ripley as well does a lot of game this is how you show uh your your range is you do video game streams new day 
we we've solved it we've solved how you can play <laughs> heels and baby faces in wrestling get it forget a performance center just get everybody set yeah. up on up up down down and that's how you can uh show your range in wrestling because it seems like everyone who is good at video game streaming can play a heel and a baby face this was indeed a fun match it uh it everything connected it was good it was well paced the story was great Candice goes for a Famouser that gets reversed into a sit-out powerbomb by Dakota Kai, which I thought was great. Candice slams Kai on the apron, but she hits, she really hits the side of the, of the ring, and that could not have felt good. She was okay, thankfully. Uh, Kai of all, uh, avoids the lion salt and hits her sunset flip backstabber, which I don't know why that's not her finisher because that move looks cool as hell. She fights out of the Gargano escape, but ends up cracking Candice with the knee brace. Goes and gets a chair, but Rhea Ripley runs in and kicks the chair out of Dakota Kai's hands. And Dakota Kai whimpers off because the alpha female just landed. Uh, and um, Rhea goes to check on Candice, who I think Candice chipped a tooth. I think she lost a bit of her tooth. It looked like it. Either either that or like part of the tooth was covered in blood. Either way, either way she did not come out come out uh, unscathed. Um, the ovation when Rhea Ripley came out uh, and kicked the chair yeah, out of Dakota Kai's hand. Man, they Alex, love you're, this. Your stand is showing, Alex. Your stand is showing for Rhea Ripley. It's been going on for weeks now. <laughs> There, I'm down in your objectivity again here. <laughs> Ripley is showing as well. I'm just letting you know. How are you not standing Rhea Ripley at this it's point, fun, though? Yeah, How is anybody not standing Rhea Ripley? <laughs> yeah, I, but I dig, I dig the idea that uh, that Rhea Ripley and Candace are friends. I mean, uh, like I like that pairing. Alex. Yeah, no, I, I love it. I love it too. These the. Listen, the whole thing is like uh, Rhea Ripley took this personal. Like she, she like, obviously she had the whole thing set up and Dakota Kai attacked Mia Yim, which she didn't know about the time. And then she had, okay, you know what, Dakota, you're in. Like she blames herself for what happened to Mia and what happened to, to, uh, uh, to Tegan Knox. So she's like, and, 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 and some, a character like Rhea Ripley can't be inward like feeling guilty about that she's got to turn that into righteous anger and just destroy things like it's great it's it's a perfect it's a very it's an old uh very very old story archetype doesn't mean it doesn't work telling it for thousands of years the greeks did stuff like this it's good stuff um i yeah and it was a great match love the final angle i like that it all like you said that it all ties into the events that happened over Survivor Series weekend. I love it. Another thing that I love is that Cameron Grimes' hat got a promo. <laughs> Jeremy, did you get to see it? I did. I'm glad Cameron Grimes' hat made an appearance. Uh, you're on. You're on team hat, right? God damn, I one? am. Yes, I am. All right. Yeah, Sean. Sean's lame and and is not on he team has hat, no, but no sense of fashion. No, not at all. Not at all. So, yeah, I'm bring Cameron Grimes back. He was wrecking fools, and he should get back to wrecking fools with his hat on. 
Uh, Leo Rush retained the uh, NXT Cruiserweight title by defeating Akira Tozawa. Alex, we are 205 Live alumni uh, because mm -hmm. I, I unfortunately think that our beloved brand is going the way of the dodo. Uh, mm -hmm. We love Leo Rush. Akira Tozawa, man, he's been making the most of his appearances recently when he was on Raw. Two weeks ago, he just ate everything up against Buddy Murphy. It was just fantastic. Comes back tonight with another fantastic showing. Um, yeah, you know, there's the whole what's a Raw guy doing on NXT brand split, yippee dap dupe. But, you know, at some point, this was so, so good. And Akira Tozawa, man, underappreciated, I think is the key word. Oh, yeah. Um, they're, they're, uh, he's... He and Leo had a feud um, that even predates um, Leo Rush's time as Bobby Lashley's hype man. Um, they had a feud in, in 205 Live that was a uh, banger. Mm -hmm. Just awesome. It's really good, really, really good matches. The blow-off match from that was excellent. This was better than any of those matches. Mm -hmm. Like, it was really, really great. And I'm thinking to myself, Akira Tozawa, you can stick around. Like... <laughs> Don't go back Don't, to Raw. Stay here. No point in going back. Stay here. Have, have, have a have an awesome twelve minute match with Cameron Grimes. Like, do something <laughs> awesome. There are better, bigger dudes, smaller dudes, whatever. Like, all former two hundred five live guys. This includes Cedric Alexander. This includes Buddy Murphy. If he can get back down under the weight, this everybody. All those guys should be now property of NXT. All of them. Like, because I don't trust him to do anything right with Mustafa Ali and SmackDown either. All those guys come back to the warm, comforting bosom of the black and gold brand and have awesome matches for the Cruiserweight title because this was so good. Yeah. But I also don't understand why he gets a title shot since he got squashed by Andrade Almas on Monday. Like, how do you watch that and go, you know what that guy deserves? A title shot. Like, I don't understand how... That works, but it's I'm, not I'm not I'm not unhappy that he got it because the match was awesome. He was he was in the the three way at Survivor Series, yeah. yep. was he not? Was he pinned in that yep. match? Yes, he was the one who was yep. pinned. Oh, well then no, that no, makes no, no, even no. less. Kalisto, Kalisto oh, no, was Kalisto pinned. Was I'm pinned. Sorry. He was. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so I can I can buy I that. Uh, Tazawa wasn't pinned, so he gets a one-on-one -on -one match. I, I agree. Like they, he just lost to Andrade, and he lost to Buddy Murphy like the week and before he's that. So of his weight class against Andrade, right? Of course, yeah, we can all make sense of this, guys. If we he's, think really, really he's hard, seven pounds <laughs> outside of his weight class. <laughs> I, I like your your uh, your rule, Alex. Of hey, if you're 205, just come to NXT. It doesn't really matter which brand you're on. Just come challenge for the title. And all they have to do is just have someone come out and make it an edict. That's it. They just like anyone who's under the 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 weight limit can come and challenge for the NXT Cruiserweight title. It doesn't matter where you're from. And just you just put it out there into the universe, and then it starts making sense. He does his uh, running. He being uh, Tazawa. He does his running cannonball off the apron to the outside, right into the barricade on Leo Rush. I never get tired of seeing that, and I am always terrified every time I see it, kind of like the Biggie YOLO dives. Um, he hits a missile dropkick that can't put Rush away. Uh, they trade some really great strikes on each other, double kick each other down. Uh, Tazawa hits a goddamn release German suplex 
onto Leo Rush off the apron to the floor, Alexander. Yep, yep. Uh, that wasn't even my favorite spot, although it was amazing. Tell my me what favorite, your favorite spot was. My favorite spot was uh, I just I just retweeted a, uh, a gif of it. Uh, it's it's their their uh, counters back and forth where nothing actually hits until they do a double bicycle kick right into each other's face. Like oh, that was so good and so so fast. These guys have such great timing together. Like if if honestly if like you said to my you said to me. Uh, Leo Rush can wrestle one guy exclusively for the rest of his time in, in WWE and vice versa. Like it'd be these two guys that they're, they're so good together. Um, Akira Tozawa, just stay in NXT. It's fun. <laughs> stay, stay, stay here. Stay here. Uh, Rush hits a fucking elbow to his face, to oh, Tozawa's face, which was ridiculous. Yeah. There's some more suplexes. The senton can't, uh, can't put Rush away because he gets his knees up. Two split-legged frog splashes do the job, though, for Leo Rush, who retains. This was fantastic, Alex. Yeah, it was. It was good, I, honestly, because they prefaced it with the video of him attacking Angel Garza. I thought this was going to go three and a half minutes, and Garza was going to yeah. run in and attack Rush, and we're going to set up for a, another Rush versus uh, Garza angle. I did not expect this to go the full length nor did I expect it to be like low-key match of the night like this was awesome so I, I'm 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 an anticipating we're gonna get more Garza versus Rush that's why they did the whole angle of him attacking him backstage and they showed the video again but you know Rush Rush can fight anybody he likes because like it's all those always good matches Leo Rush is an otherworldly talent Zia Lee defeated Vanessa Bourne they sort of this was a match. This was a match that occurred. Yes, they sort of played <laughs> off the uh, the Aaliyah thing. But look, look, this this is not what we're here for. We're here no. for Shayna Baszler and the Horsewomen coming out to attack her. Lee tries to fight back, but Shayna Baszler, man, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, so that that brings out Rhea Ripley, who comes to calm things down. And she uh, basically tells uh, tells uh, Shayna Baszler, you may have defeated Bailey and Becky at Survivor Series, but when you went when you went face to face with me, I beat you, and I'll do it again. And next time, let's do it for the NXT Women's Championship. And to this, Baszler responds, Rhea, you might be the nightmare, but I'm the reality. It's a line oh. we've heard her say before, Alex. So sweet, though. God, I love that line. It's perfect. I, I mean, this, th these two women are so, so, so great together. I love uh, just that it's not like white meat baby face versus terrible evil heel. Like Rhea Ripley just like just just wants to beat people up. And wh why not you since you've got the title? Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's that's a, it's, it's so great. And, and Baszler asserting her dominance, uh, reasserting her dominance just by like, me and my two lackeys are going to beat up this girl who just who just won. Not because we're going to have a feud with her. We couldn't care less about Zia Lee. We just want to make sure everybody knows that we're still top bitches in, in here. And I, I think that's awesome. And I love that Rhea Ripley's like, not so fast, my friend. This was... Uh, <laughs> this is, this is going to be so good. All of it's going to be so good. I, I don't know. I hope we don't have to wait until uh, TakeOver Portland, like four months from now. You could do this match next week for all I care. I, I just want to see it again. 
Jeremy, you're booking you're booking Rhea Ripley versus Shayna Baszler tomorrow. Who wins? Rhea Ripley. Yeah. Baszler's run has she's done a lot. She's beaten seemingly everybody. It's you know people have thought it was going to end with Bianca. It, that was what January. Like people were thinking, okay, let's end it there. And it's it's November, and she still has the title. Um, but yeah, Ripley is the the hot act right now. And, and I'm with Alex. I'm doing this in full sale. Like we haven't had a a women's title change really. In what was the last title change in full sale? I guess the tag team titles uh, with Undisputed Era mm-hmm. um, and the North American. But the women's title, we haven't had that change in full sale. So for for a while now, I think maybe since like Sasha Banks. So. I, I would do that title change in full sale, the, especially after the reactions she got tonight. Like you do the t- title change in full sale, she she's already made. It's going to be yeah. even bigger because of just how that crowd treats her. So yeah, Rhea, Rhea Ripley should win. I feel like they've been keeping the title on Baszler because they needed the right person to take over the division when Baszler moved on. They got that right now in Rhea Ripley, who. It needs to be noted, even though they don't look it, she's 16 years younger than Shayna Baszler. And I'm not saying, like, Shayna Baszler's too old, she's hanging up. She's awesome. Like, it's amazing to me she does what she can do at 39. But you have two completely different generations. Like, there's a generation in between the generations. <laughs> like, that's how far, like, that's how far we have to go of, of Rhea Ripley. Can she, it's a, the absolute wrestling world is her oyster. So I think it's awesome that they can say, okay, Shayna, you can go on and have awesome matches on, you know, on the quote unquote the main roster, have a lateral move to Raw or SmackDown. But the, the women, women in NXT are in good hands with Rhea Ripley. So I think you, you could honestly, you could do the title change next week. Tommaso Ciampa and Finn Balor went at it as well. Match, uh, the match starts off with. Lots of strikes, lots of good stuff. Ciampa is all about the knees, laying the knees into Finn Balor. There's a 1916 attempt on the ramp that's reversed into an air raid crash on the floor. I guess it's Ciampa's new transition move. Uh, he, he, tries, uh, he tries to go for a project. Ciampa doesn't work. Uh, and uh, But uh, Ciampa goes, uh, goes to meet Finn Balor up top after a shotgun drop kick. And he air raid crashes him off the top rope. So he's like... Top rope airway crash. No, no bigs. Uh, eventually, Adam Cole does run some interference, but it doesn't work. At first, Ciampa eats an inverted DDT on the on the belt. Cole super kicks him while the ref is distracted and eats the 1916. Another win for Finn Balor. Uh, tell me about the match, Alex. Um, I, I, I really, I thought it was really great. I, honestly, I was like, well, you really can't afford to have either of these guys lose at this point because Ciampa is the next one to challenge for Cole's championship. Hold on to that. Put a pin in that. We're going to come back to that later. But um, yeah, this was, this was really great. I thought it was awesome that they just saying, we're going to ride this momentum from survivor series and war games. We're going to have this another hot match between these two white, hot talents top of the, of the brand. It's great. Loved the finish. The, the way that they, they, they set up the whole thing with the belt uh, the uh, Je- Jess, the ref, taking away and dropping it instead of she should have kicked it out, but she didn't. And I love that that Balor realized he did the reverse DDT onto the belt 
after he did it and looked at the ref saying, what? I didn't do that on purpose. And the, and the ref's like, yeah, that's my bad. I can't disqualify you for that. That wasn't on purpose. Okay, one, two, three. Like it, but like it actually all made sense in the moment. I really loved that. Um, I loved Cole coming down to like, because he thinks that um, that you know he's on Finn Balor's team. That's cool. And also he gets to get Champa out of the way because he hates Champa. Champa's the one coming for his title. I thought that was like all that motivation made perfect sense for Adam Cole to be down there and doing that and and screwing over Champa. Little did Adam Cole know, yes. though. Little, little did he know because both of them, both of the he, the heels basically are standing over Champa. They flash their their hand signs. Adam Cole does the uh, the undisputed era hand signs. Finn Balor with the uh, dual pistols. Cole pats him on the back. He's like, "Good job, buddy." But mm, mm, mm. I think I just I think Finn Balor just doesn't like being touched because he just snaps right into a Pele kick. Not just like brushes the hand across. No, no, a Pele kick. I just say, it's like, keep your hands off of me, buddy. I don't like it. So clearly no alliance between Adam Cole and Finn Balor. That's been shut down. Jeremy, what do you think about this uh, this conclusion of this uh, angle here? I, I loved it. I It was obvious that Finn Balor was never aligned with Adam Cole. And everyone saw that outside of the undisputed era I guys which adam cole is so up his yeah. own ass that he's the only one who does it why would anyone not want to be my friend <laughs> like i just it's so good so yeah good. i i thought i thought that was great as um that you know everyone knew it except for adam cole and the undisputed era guys the kick adam cole sold that kick so well so. i I, I don't know if he has a concussion. If he if he doesn't, great because that man doesn't need any more injuries. He sold it like he had a concussion. So uh, kudos to him for for selling that kick. And yeah, we got kind of in between Finn Balor, which I think works perfectly for him. You know, he's just he's out for himself, which that's kind of what he's been stating. He he thinks he's the star. He's the reason everybody's tuning in. We'll see if we get some Balor Club members and. I'm I'm forward. We you got really hot acts at the top of the card with Champa. Champa losing, it can take the loss because of how it happened. Um, undisputed era is undisputed era, and now Finn Balor's here. So the the top of the card for NXT in both the men's and the women's division really really strong right now. Yeah, I mean like they're they're. It seems to me it's evident that they are building toward a Champa versus Finn versus Adam Cole for that belt, and that's tasty. That's some good stuff. And this podcast was the good stuff as well, as we're going to wrap it up. Guys, the gimmick is who won this week in one word, AEW or NXT? Alex? NXT. Jeremy? NXT. I'm going to go with NXT, but I feel like it's close this week. Very, very close. One word, Warren. One word. Know, but it's a feeling. The, it's the a... host, the host gets to <laughs> I get, talk more. Yeah. 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 We Sean always breaks that rule. <laughs> uh, we went a little over. AEW tag team rules. Yeah, here. there you go. We went a little over this week, folks, but uh, it's okay. It's Thanksgiving. Everyone gets to sleep in tomorrow, except if you're not living in the United States, whereas I hope you have a good work day, you schmucks. And I'm including myself <laughs> in there. Uh, thank you all very much for watching. Remember, folks, support us at Fightful Select. Go check that out. Alex is going to have some sour grabs uh, coming up later this week because there's SmackDown <laughs> coming up. 
Um, it's the only review show that bills itself as completely, completely, and utterly negative. And Jeremy's going to have some fun stuff too. The AEW rankings on Friday and a whole bunch of other stuff. Where can we find your 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 good content there, Jeremy? Uh, Twitter, I guess. At Jeremy Lambert. 88 you can follow me on twitter and listen to sour graps it's really fun because alex is just mad at everything and i'm i'm fine with that where else can we find you alex uh i'm at alex sour graps on the tweeter follow me on twitter at mr warren hayes and of course if you're not already following fightful you follow us at fightful wrestle thank you all very much for joining us everybody see you next time When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.